Hello everyone and welcome to the April 12 edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foltz with Floyd, Skarin and Kelly. Let's get started with this week's news. The Court of Appeal approved a final round of amicus brief requests in the Milpitas v. WCAB Guzman case. The term amicus comes from the Latin phrase amicus curiae, literally translated as friend of the court. The term refers to someone not a party to a case who volunteers to offer information on a point of law or some other aspect of the case to assist the court in deciding a pending matter. Amicus briefs are often filed in controversial cases where the outcome has significant impact on the community, such as in the Almarez-Guzman cases, which affect how the AMA guides apply to rating permanent impairment. The decision whether to allow someone to file an amicus brief lies with the discretion of the court. A non-party must request permission to file as amicus. Employers Direct Insurance Company the California Chamber of Commerce, the California Workers' Compensation Institute, the American Insurance Association, and Steve Poisner, the California Insurance Commissioner, were granted permission to file as amicus in December. John Duncan, the director of the Department of Industrial Relations, filed a request which is granted on February 23rd. All of these requests were in support of the employer's position against Guzman. There have been two requests to file as amicus on behalf of the injured employee. The California Applicants Attorneys Association was granted permission on March 25, and the California Society of Industrial Medicine and Surgery was also granted permission on April 5. A response to the newer amicus briefs may now be filed by April 20. At that point, the briefing would be complete, and the court may now schedule oral argument prior to deciding the case. A final decision in the case is still many months away. Several stories about the high cost of workers' compensation insurance in California for professional football teams dominated the news this week. After one season with no games, the Arena Football League, or AFL, resumed operations last weekend with 15 teams, but none of them played in California. The AFL had regularly operated teams in the state most recently, the Los Angeles Avengers and the San Jose Sabrecats in 2008. The AFL avoided a return to California in part because of the state's workers' comp system, which allows retired players to file claims that would be unavailable in almost any other state. Three viable ownership groups have inquired about placing a new team in the Fresno, Los Angeles Anaheim, or San Jose markets. However, as more retired athletes file lucrative claims in California in recent years, costs for insurance became so high that the AFL decided not to return to California. The AFL purchased a league-wide insurance policy for 2010 from AIG, and they distribute the cost evenly among the 15 teams, regardless of their home state. But California brings such high and uncertain liability for football-related injuries that the cost of this policy would be prohibitive if games were played in California. AFL teams operate on slim profit margins, 
so a few extra claims can make a season unprofitable. Concerns voiced by the AFL are similar to those voiced by the NFL. Dozens of retired NFL professional football players are also caught in a legal battle over workers' compensation rights. California provides the only work comp system that allows retired pro athletes to file claims for long-term injuries sustained on playing fields years or even decades before if only, even, if only one game was played in California. About 700 players are currently pursuing claims, many of them by satisfying California's unique requirement that they played at least one game within state borders. The Bengals and some other teams like the Tennessee Titans and the Miami Dolphins are attempting to remove their cases from California to their own states where most of the claims would be worth far less or not be viable at all. The Bengals have included a paragraph in the player contracts aimed at restricting workers' compensation options only to Ohio. The Titans have done the same for Tennessee. The outcome of these cases will largely determine the future of a system that has delighted the players and caused much concern for the teams. And while these teams are evaluating these defense strategies, there are possibly more costly claims by professional athletes on the horizon. Researchers at the University of North Carolina have recently linked pro football careers and concussions with heightened rates of depression, mental decline, and Alzheimer's disease. Years after players have left the game, many develop severe dementia and some are attempting to pursue industrial claims for benefits. A major test case was filed last week at the Van Nuys office of the WCAB to determine the NFL liability for the dementia experienced by retired players decades after the end of their careers. The test case was filed by Eleanor Perfetto on behalf of her husband, Ralph Wenzel, contending that his dementia at age 67 is related to his career as an NFL lineman from 1966 to 1973. Perfetto is a senior director at Pfizer Pharmaceuticals and holds a doctorate in public health from the University of North Carolina. She has become one of the most outspoken voices in football's dementia debate. The potential value of this case is estimated at more than $1 million if it reaches its conclusion probably in two or three years. Applicant attorney Ronald Feenberg contends that football head trauma is similar to asbestos exposure, a workplace danger whose effects can take 20 to 40 years to manifest. If the Van Nuys case is successful, it would seem that these professional athlete dementia cases have found a home right here in California. And now our crime report. A former California insurance broker was sentenced to 10 years in prison after pleading guilty to 23 felony counts, including grand theft, forgery, and insurance fraud. Mitchell Zogob of San Juan Capistrano was charged with scamming corporations out of more than $4.6 million by selling them fake workers' compensation insurance policies. Zogob owned 
Professional Employers Assurance Group, and Program Administrators Incorporated. He would forge documents showing that he was providing work comp insurance to companies, and then he kept the premiums for himself. A Sacramento physician has been arrested for allegedly sexually assaulting three female patients who saw him for exams related to their work comp claims. Scott Dodd Anderson, MD, was arrested and booked into the Sacramento County Main Jail on multiple charges, including felony sexual exploitation by a physician, rape, and attempted sodomy. Anderson was released on $750,000 bail and is scheduled now to be arraigned. Sacramento County Sheriff's detectives began investigating Anderson in December after one of his three victims told her family of the alleged abuse. Detectives identified two more alleged victims during the course of their investigation. The women range in age from their early 30s to their early 60s. The woman suffered the alleged abuse while visiting Anderson at the U.S. HealthWorks Clinic on Folsom Boulevard near La Riviera Drive. Anderson left that clinic in September 2009, and investigators could not find any record of him practicing medicine since then. Detectives suspect there are more victims who have not come forward. The couple in the sex club work comp fraud case appeared in court again on April 7, but the case has been continued now until May 5. John Alfonso Smiley and his wife Cynthia Ann did not enter pleas or speak during their brief appearance before Sacramento Superior Court Judge Gary Ransom. Two weeks ago, a parade of television cameras and reporters trailed the couple through the halls of the courthouse. By comparison, the April 7 appearance was relatively muted. Only one camera was present for the brief appearance, and the couple made it through the courthouse without attracting attention. Smiley, a correctional officer, filed a claim in 2009 and indicated he had been shot 11 months earlier and paralyzed after a parolee recognized him as he and his wife were leaving a San Francisco restaurant. Court records indicate, however, that the Smileys actually had gone to a swingers club named Twist in San Francisco and that he was shot after an altercation there. Smiley's tale of being shot by a parolee sparked an outpouring of support for the six foot eight inch former college basketball star. Co-workers donated vacation and sick time to help him and also gave him $30,000 and raised money through annual golf tournaments. A website set up to help raise funds and track his progress, www.jsmiley.org, remains active. However, since news of the charges broke in March, several sections of that, including contact information and updates on his condition, have been removed. And now our medical report. Experts say that the million or so artificial hips and knees implanted each year in the United States are normally not guaranteed by the manufacturer. Instead, the costs of replacing implants that fail early because of design or mechanical problems are largely paid by Medicare, insurance companies, and patients. 
The cost to correct faulty implants can run into tens of millions of dollars each year. An advocacy group in New York said it was appalling that the manufacturers did not provide warranties given how critical such implants are for patients. By contrast, makers of another widely used and costly category of implants, heart devices like defibrillators, have issued warranties for more than 30 years and have provided free or discounted replacements when devices fail prematurely. Generally, however, patients are unaware of the industry's no warranty policy. Claims administrators may wish to investigate warranty issues when they receive a request for authorization for surgery. According to a new study in the April issue of the American Journal of Rentgenology, standard x-rays are often inconclusive in the detection of hip and pelvic fractures in the emergency department. The study performed at Duke University Medical Center included 92 patients who underwent x-rays followed by an MRI for the evaluation of hip and pelvic pain. Researchers say the diagnosis of traumatic fracture most often begins and ends with x-rays. The study showed that 13 patients with normal x-ray findings were found to collectively have 23 fractures at MRI. In 11 patients, MRI showed no fractures after x-rays had suggested the presence of a fracture. In another 15 patients who had abnormal x-ray findings, MRI depicted 12 additional pelvic fractures not identified on x-rays. Accurate diagnosis of hip and pelvic fractures in the emergency department can speed patients to surgical management. Also, it may reduce the rate of hospital admissions among patients who do not have fractures. Researchers concluded that the use of MRI in patients with a strong clinical suspicion of traumatic injury but unimpressive x-rays has a substantial advantage in the detection of pelvic and hip fractures, helping to steer patients to appropriate medical and surgical therapy. And in other news, CRM Holdings, a Bermuda-based workers' compensation insurance provider, announced that its primary insurance subsidiary, Majestic Insurance Company, has entered into an underwriting agreement with Amtrust Financial Services. Amtrust is a multinational specialty property casualty insurance company covering the writing, management, and administration of workers' compensation insurance in California, Arizona, Nevada, and Oregon. Beginning April 1st, Majestic will arrange for selected workers' compensation insurance policies to be underwritten by the Amtrust group of companies and reinsured by Majestic under a 90% quota reinsurance agreement. Majestic will perform management services for the covered businesses, including marketing, underwriting, issuance of policies, loss control, and claims handling. The agreement limits the amount of covered business to $40 million in any calendar year. This will allow Majestic the flexibility to offer insurance through Amtrust in the Western states to brokers and clients that required A-rated coverage. At the same time, Majestic will manage those policies and provide loss control services and claim management. That's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates. 
past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone or iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Skarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us, and please visit us again next week for more news.